Welcome in everyone, another edition of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show, uh, or as our co-host would say, two blanks on a couch. One of the co-hosts would say that, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And it's actually funny because we're actually on the couch today. Correct, yeah. We had to switch it up. It's nice and comfortable. I move, like this. Move places. Yeah. Uh, my dog really wanted to be in it, Franklin Lawrence Sheehan. Just really had to be on the show today. Yeah. Just on the couch, too. He just wants to be loved and rubbed. I, I totally get it, too. Um, got a lot of stuff in store for you guys today. We got Urban Meyer putting his foot down saying he's not leaving Jacksonville. He might want to. <laughs> keep on going. Things keep going the way they are right now. Hey, you never know. We got some uh, week NFL 2 to look forward to. Yep. And also, what the heck is going on in San Diego with my Padres? Uh, we'll get Ooh. to... <laughs> oh, is there bad. enough time in the show for that? <laughs> That's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Uh, before we get to all of that, let's just get this out the way. California Republicans, what were y'all thinking? Yeah, you know what? The thing is, too, they actually had a shot for this thing to work out until Larry Elder jumped in. <laughs> they Because there were Democrats, Republicans, people in the middle who were fed up with Gavin Newsom and a lot of the restrictions, mostly to do with businesses, the yep. homelessness issues. A lot of that stuff is not without merit. But then here comes Larry Elder jumping in, the sexist... Reparations should go to slave owners from back Weed in the day. Smoking. Yeah, the women aren't that smart. Yep. Oh, the election's going to be stolen from us. Trump, that's the thing. When he started going super extreme and back to the Trumpism stuff, that's what I knew it was over. Yeah. There was no chance. When, Anybody that was even halfway in the middle, they're like, there's no way I'm voting for this guy. When he tried to pull up and uh, everyone like found his stuff instantly and he had an interview with Pierce Morgan saying that I wouldn't mind if the killer... Jonathan Zimmer, yeah. uh, Trayvon Martin, lived in my neighborhood and all right. this stuff. It's like, dude, and even Pierce Morgan was like, hey, you taking this a little too far. I mean, Larry's, for years, this is what he's built is, and all this was, and people have been saying it for the last few weeks, he knew he wasn't going to win. Right. This is just to get his name out there and get more publicity for his radio show or whatever else he's trying to do. I think my biggest issue, though, on the other hand, is you had President Biden come to California, VP Harris came to California. Obama cut spots for you. Bernie Sanders, Warren, Obama all cut spots for you. And it's like, why are we wasting our time? Yeah. Like, we know you're going to win. We know there's going to be no recall. Yeah. Why are we doing this? I do quite, I honestly believe if it was just the crazy man, Cox, with his bear, John Cox. and even Faulkner, who was more of a moderate, if it was just them and Elder had not jumped into this, I truly believe, I believe Gavin Newsom probably would have been recalled. It's when it got super extreme with Larry Elder that people who were kind of on the fence about it that turned that turned over a leaf. It was like we were done. We can't. We there's no way we can chance this possibly happening. Right. I think the biggest thing too for me was like John Cox was a bear. There was no way. Yeah. And then number two for me was John Faulkner or Kevin Faulkner. Kevin, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Faulkner from your guy from San Diego. Former San Diego mayor who lost the Chargers. It's yeah. either he lost the Chargers for San Diego or Dean Spanos did it. Both. Or in conjunction together. Yeah, yeah. And they, they both fail. So I don't like either one of them. Well, okay. I would say for, he has positive reviews on many other things outside of that. He outside does. Outside of the Chargers, for he sure. Does. He's, he does. He did very well with his business sense. And he really got everything going for the economy in San Diego. Yeah. And that's and it was a really big deal. Rare for a Republican to win down there. And I thought, for the most part, he was at a good approval rating for Republicans, obviously. And for many Democrats, they were like, yeah, we're fine with him. Yeah. You so know. Gavin Newsom, I do think this, I hope, or I hope it was a wake-up call. Yeah. Like, hey, man, you can't just be out here wilding and doing get, your own thing and yeah. trying to, you know, rule with an iron fist. But then, of course, as soon as this happens, we get new rules in the uh, in L.A. County, at the very least, that say that you have to be fully vaccinated or have, you know, a negative COVID test within 72 hours to go into a bar, club, nightclub, oh or gosh. even an outdoor event, whether it's Dodger Stadium or SoFi Stadium. It's just too many rules and restrictions, and I just really, really want people to get a mask or get the vaccine yeah. and do all that stuff because. 
guys, we almost had it. We we really almost had it contained. And I'm 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 happy that I got the vaccine, and I hope that everyone gets one too, because all these heartbreaking stories you hear about, um, which we'll get into later, it's yeah. just too sad. And yeah, it is. We're talking about, and we'll, we'll get to that later. But I do want to get to some football news. NFL Week Two's coming up tomorrow. We got the New York Football Giants versus the Washington Football Team. Ryan Fitzgerald got or Ryan Fitzpatrick, excuse me, got hurt yeah. in Week One, hurt yeah. his hip, which is just the funniest injury for someone who's played so long. Right. Like it's like okay, you're considered old, you get a hip yeah. injury. <laughs> right. Uh, Chase Young, the Washington uh, defensive rookie of the year from last year, he comes out and says that Tyler Henneke yep. can start for any team in the league. He's super pumped that he's starting again. Washington lost to the former San Diego Chargers, 2016 in week one, and then the Giants got blown out. I should say, they got, they got blown out. Yeah, it's one of those, like, if you actually watched the game, they hung in there, but they really were never in it. Yeah, exactly. dominated. They just didn't necessarily dominate on the scoreboard until the very end. So that will be the game to kick off week two tomorrow night on Thursday. So, Figs, what are you looking for from week two? Well, I'm looking forward to, first of all, I want to do want to see how that Washington defense responds because people were touting this is going to be one of the best defenses in the league, and their line is good. And I will notice one thing, if you watch the end of that Charger-Washington game, when it was essentially a four-minute drill and the Chargers are trying to drain the clock, they didn't run the ball at all. Justin Herbert looked fantastic. They did it all through the air, and I think that's because they knew if they tried to run, they would get stuffed every single play. Right. Well, but the, but the, why do you need to do that when you're playing like man-to-man? -man? Not to cut you off, but like Keen Allen even say, if you play man-to-man, -man, I'm going to catch the ball. And Absolutely. it was third and 16, Yes. and he got 17 yards, because like, why do you not have the number one? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I totally sorry, understand. Sorry. Go ahead. See how they respond going up against, uh, honestly, if we're talking about kicking off the season week two with a Thursday night game, this is kind of a dud. It's two major media markets. That's true. I understand that part of it, but from an excitement standpoint, nobody expects the Giants and Daniel Jones to do anything. Joe Judge, who got positive reviews last year, tried to challenge a touchdown call, which everybody knows nowadays you can't challenge. They get <laughs> right. challenged anyway. And he said, I wanted to get the attention of the referees. They already have it. Yeah, they exactly. have a replay official, Joe, but thanks for that. And how this Washington team responds, and look, and how they rally behind Heineke. I know there was a lot of talk because of the history between Ron Rivera and Cam Newton that they might sign him. That obviously did not happen. Um, I don't know if we plan on talking about Cam today and him trying to get a job or not. Talk about it. The Let's place for him to go, I think, would have been Washington because there's familiarity there. And that just tells you right there, uh, he's not the player that he thinks he is. I know he said, oh, well, I should be in there. I should be. The only reason they cut me loose in New England is because I would have been a distraction in that right. locker room. I don't disagree with that part. <laughs> but the part where he says, I should be a starter, there's not 32 starters better than me. He's like, well... There's not. Why don't you have a job right now? Exactly. And I think the big thing for Cam is, like, life comes at you fast, man. I'm telling you, Life yeah. comes at you fast. It just seems like yesterday, like, oh, he won a national championship. Oh, he won the Heisman. Oh, my God, he's playing. Oh, wait, the oh. Panthers are in the Super Bowl. And he's oh MVP in the league. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. killing. Uh, that, that was crazy. I do want to skip forward to Monday night because this is fantasy uh, selfishness okay. with the Packers and Aaron the Rodgers. This is what they call a get right game. And if they don't, it better be. There's big time issues with the with the Packers. It better be because all I know is Aaron Rodgers, my fantasy quarterback, only gave me three Ooh. points in my Yahoo League. I'm That's, surprised you got positive points out of that. For <laughs> real, right? It must have been his hair. Yeah, uh, maybe. But no, but this game, and like I, I know, again, I'm a Charger hater. I get it. But the Cowboys Charger game is going to be interesting to me. Only because we got breaking news today that Demarcus Lawrence got hurt he's out indefinitely out indefinitely broken foot so what is that four out of five starters on defense that have now been hurt a defense that's not that good anyway correct so let's put that let's note that you know now granted Dak came back and looked amazing in week one uh the charger defense looks solid again you're taught you're facing a washington team first of all a washington team that's not super potent anyway offensively then they lose their starting quarterback so that hurts this has the makings of a shootout 
It does. Like, this absolutely has the makings of like a 38, a 45 to 38 type of game. Well, that's the big thing for me too because Ezekiel Elliott, we all saw he didn't really run as, as good as he could have or he wasn't fed the ball enough as he could have been in that first game against Tampa Bay. I think that was more of the, a function of they thought they wouldn't be able to run against that front. And you thought like, okay, what well, Dak throw. And Dak looked good. Dak if it wasn't for amazing. Greg Zerline missing all those kicks, right. maybe they had a chance to win. Right. So now you come into Los Angeles, and my thing is we talked about it yesterday on the other podcast. I get that. I'm going to repeat myself broken record. This is not going to be a home game for the Chargers. <laughs> this yeah. is the quote-unquote first ever home game for the Chargers at SoFi right. with fans. It's not going to be a home game. Yeah. Those Dallas Cowboy fans are going to swarm SoFi, swarm Inglewood. They're probably going to get a little too drunk. I, I'm calling that right now. Over, under on fights and put it at one and a half. Oh, Fights over. that go viral. Over, over, yeah. over for sure. For there sure. was only one from the Rams game this past weekend against the Bears. Uh, that thing is like, my biggest thing is it's going to be really, really a really good game to watch, really intense to watch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I can't watch, wait for that game. But then the other one is Raiders-Steelers. Because you talk okay. about the history, like two historical franchises, two franchises that in the past haven't gotten along. Yeah. And then now you look at it like that crazy wild win that the Las Vegas Raiders had in week one on Monday Night Football. That was insane. Then you look at the Steelers. And that comeback against Buffalo. That yeah. was insane when you think Josh Allen's going to do all these crazy things in week one. That's going to be a really good matchup to watch for. It should be. My thing is, like, you look at how the Raiders performed, and look, they lost a few guys, too. Gerald McCoy is out for the season. Yannick Ngakwe, who was their big free agent signing. Nobody knows what the future is going to be for him this year. And that Steeler defense balled out. Like, Buffalo is one of the best offenses in football. And in that second half, T.J. Watt, couple of sacks, blocked a punt. Bill Cowher would love that. You know, like, <laughs> playing old-school Steeler football. And Big Ben was fine. He wasn't spectacular. Just did enough offensively. Uh, to help them win. So, and that Raiders offensive line, you know, they lost their starting right guard for the entire season with an ACL. So, you know, on the surface, you can look back and say, yeah, this should be a good game. But quite, if I'm being completely honest, Pittsburgh probably should win this game considering the injuries that the Raiders have on the offensive line, knowing that the defensive front for the Steelers is their strength. And then defensively, which they're, they're already incorporating a bunch of new pieces on that side for the Raiders, which they needed to, and they have injuries on that side of the ball. So it, it, I'm hoping for a good game, but it wouldn't surprise me if Pittsburgh won by 10. No, and the other game I'm watching for is actually the Sunday night football game, which okay. is Chiefs at Ravens. Because, yeah. again, as much as you think, oh, my God, the Ravens are banged up, their secondary is not great, they lost three running backs in training camp, they still went to overtime they did. against the Raiders, against that huge, the Death Star, the, you know, All is it still fans. the black hole still? There's, yeah. The yeah. black hole just moves wherever the Raiders go? Essentially. Okay, that makes sense. But Lamar, you see his presence on the field where he can pretty much do anything and really right. capture a game and take over a game. However, the quarterback on the other side, he also has the power to take over a game and Patrick Mahomes. So that's one game that I'm really looking forward to. And you look at what happened against Cleveland. I think part of it, you know, Cleveland got out to that big lead. And then once Kansas City started chipping away, I do think the people on the offensive side, it gets in their head. They start pressing. You have three and outs. The punter's like, I better get off a good punt. Yeah. He fumbles it away. Yeah. There's something to be said for a great team that's breathing down your neck and an inexperienced team that did make the playoffs last year in Cleveland kind of folding under the pressure a little bit. That's where Baker Mayfield needs to be able to step up in those situations. He wasn't able to do it. I will say about Lamar Jackson, as spectacular as he is and as great as he looked, it's the little things. You know, having a running back wide open in the flat who you could have tossed the ball to and he could have ran for a first down yeah. on a possession in the fourth quarter, yeah. he, he airmails the ball and they have to punt. Little things like that 
help you win games. And that's where the criticism jumps in. I know he led the league in touchdown passes two years ago when he was MVP and all of that. But we've seen it in the postseason a couple of times. When he is forced to have to make throws and sit in the pocket, he's not able to do it. You know, and that's so we, regular season wise, I'm sure they'll win between nine and 12 games this year. I'm sure he'll be spectacular. At this point in time, he's got to the level of this is the Lakers. This is LeBron and AD. I don't care what you do in the beginning of the season. Once the playoffs start, then talk to me about Lamar. Right. And I also think it's interesting, though, because you look at a lot of these teams, the Cowboys, mm-hmm. you look at the Browns, you look at the Baltimore Ravens, as we were just talking about. All of these three teams we thought could make, not a run, but at least make it to the playoffs. Absolutely. Somewhere. And I they, think they will, all they, of them. But if they all lose this week, they start 0-2. True. And I think if you go back with the Chiefs and Chargers, if the Chiefs lose to the Ravens in Baltimore, okay, tough Sunday night loss, yep. you're now 1-1. One one. Right. Everyone in the AFC West won last week. Correct. So now who knows if you're a game behind. And then if you look at the Chargers, if you lose to the Cowboys, you're now 1-1. One Right. And if the Chiefs win, you're now a game behind. And we already, like, a lot of people are predicting that you already are going to finish second or third right. in the AFC West. They're basically, right? giving the division to the Chiefs, which you probably should. Hey, been in the last this, two Super Bowls. At this point, yeah. It could, should, probably should have been three. Yeah, if it wasn't for D4. If D4 doesn't line up offsides. Just a little bit offsides. Yeah. Just a little bit offsides. Um, but I do want to stay with the NFL. However, when I go to coaching news, Jacksonville, who lost against the Texans last week, who I think. I will lose again this week. I mean, I'm sorry, Jacksonville. I, I, I really like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I hope, you know, I like Travis Etienne until he got hurt. But yeah. uh, <laughs> there was some good and some bad with Trevor Lawrence. For there, sure. there was three yeah. touchdowns, three interceptions. They play the Broncos. Uh, as a tough defense. As Kevin and I talked about yesterday, we all thought, oh, Teddy Bridgewater, he'll be a game manager. And for little parts of that game against New York in week one, he looked like it. But they still got a huge win on the road. I'm telling you, there were times. And, you know, if you have the opportunity to get the NFL game pass, I recommend it. You can go back and they condense every game. You can watch it in like 35 minutes. Yeah. They take out all the filler. So I went back and watched that. Teddy Bridgewater was more than a game manager. He made plays. He broke. Exactly. He was under pressure. Maybe that Bronco offensive line isn't that great, or maybe the giant defensive line is better than I thought it was, but he was running for his life. And he was able to scramble out of the pocket, make throws, took some deep shots, which has been a criticism of his uh, throughout his career. You know, they might have something there. He might be more than just a game. And all the weapons they have offensively, obviously Jerry Judy went down, and thankfully it's only an ankle sprain, so he'll be out for a few weeks. But they got all the offensive talent you can imagine. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, so far, just based off of one week, looks like he could be more than a game manager for them. Well, so. the thing I love the most, too, is when you talk about that game pass, they also will get, you know, game replays, and they'll have uh, mic'd up sound on the yeah, sideline. Yeah, absolutely. And they already have a sound by Von Miller, captain mm-hmm. of the, I don't even say defense, probably the captain of the team, yeah. if not Teddy Bridgewater, going up to Teddy saying, I haven't felt this way since Peyton was here. I get it. Like, that's high praise. So... I'm really happy for Teddy. We'll have to see how Denver does on the field against Jacksonville. Right. But so far, all the news coming out of Duval has mm-hmm. been about Urban Meyer because Clay Helton, the USC coach, was fired. Probably on, three years too late. <laughs> was fired on Monday uh, after getting trounced by Stanford at home. Well, you unranked. were 17-point favorite. Actually, 17-and-a-half. So 18-point favorites against Stanford at home. Unranked Stanford, who just lost to Kansas State the and week before. The first time the Coliseum has been packed, obviously last year there were no fans. But even the year before, it was kind of like, eh, yeah, here, there. Maybe. That place was packed. It was a night game. The expectations were high. They were ranked in the top 15. And they got their asses handed to them <laughs> by Stanford. And this is not you – know, this ain't Toby Gerhardt. And Andrew Luck coming in. You know no. what I mean? This is essentially a rebuilding Stanford team. 
this Stanford team is probably going to win five games this year. Well, how about this? Before we get in, even get into Urban Meyer, let's start with SC. Yeah. Because you already said Clay Helton three years too late. Where does USC go from here? I guess we can kind of put them together with Urban Meyer saying there's, quote, no chance that he goes. Mm-hmm. But if that is true, hit on two things for me. Hit on one USC athletic football team, where they go from here, and then let me know about Urban Meyer and if you truly believe that he is done with college for now and he's going to stay in Jacksonville. All right, so where they go from here, they have to aim big. They have to go outside the family, and I think that's kind of why look, it's drastic to fire a coach two games into a year unless there's a scandal attached to his name or something, which clearly that's not the case with Clay Helton. First of all, I will say it makes them look bad that you did it in week two. Because if you did it in week two, that means you had doubts about this coming into the season. Exactly. You should have just fired him after last year. Maybe because they won the Pac-12 South and they were 5-1 and one or whatever it is, they felt they couldn't do it either way. But the way the direction is going now, you have to hire a big-name established coach, whether that's Urban, whether you go get James Franklin, whether you try to coax Chris Peterson out of retirement or Bob Stoops. It cannot be one of these USC part of the program retread, reach to the back of Pete Carroll. The Lane Kiffins, the Steve Sarkeith, no. Yeah. You got to find somebody that has zero connection to the program whatsoever, which to their credit, Mike Bone, the athletic director, had no connection to the program. Their previous ADs, Pat Hayden and Lynn Swan, Mike Garrett, who was there forever, yep. all former Trojan football players. Yep. So they're off to a good start from an AD standpoint. What's Norm Chow doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think Norm Chow was coaching high school last night. Is he really? really was. <laughs> He was the head coach in Hawaii for a half second. He, he'd kind of fallen off a little bit. But he no, sure did. Let Norm, whatever Norm's doing, keep him away from yeah, USC. Yeah, let, let him keep doing let that. Let him keep doing that. So go outside the program, get a big name. Even if you get Matt Campbell from Iowa State, at least he's someone that took a downtrodden program and built it up. And if he can build up Iowa State, what can he do out here with the resources at USC? That's the, that's the only goal for them. That's the only thing they can do. You have to aim high. Well, my biggest thing is this. Like, I grew up in a USC fan, so it kind of hit me where I was like, dang, Reggie Bush was like... 15, 16 years ago. ago. Like, I felt like it was just yesterday he was, you know, running across Fresno State. That's right. But I do say these two things, these two coaches who I've heard. Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. offense coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope he does not leave to go to SC. Okay. Why is that? I understand he's from SoCal. He played for the Chargers. I get that. I hope he does not do it because that will then admit that you're taking a step back, in my opinion. Interesting. Okay. USC is a huge football program. Absolutely. Fight on, I know this. But when you look at Jacksonville, when you look at Houston, when you look at Atlanta, when you look at all those guys who just got their first head coaching job in the NFL, you got to coach Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey. You got to do all that. And that's easy to sell to recruits. But why sell yourself short when these guys are getting opportunities? I would get, like, if you're Eric Bieniemy. We are, you and I have both said like the Chiefs are the presumable favorite to come out of the AFC. Not just the AFC West, the yeah. AFC. Mm-hmm. Why not give it one more shot to see what becomes bacon? Because I'm hoping, I'm hoping, not, not anyone loses their job, but Matt Nagy. I mean, that's a likely one, sure. Has so. he run his course? You look at Justin Fields, look what I did with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Let me come in there. And the, I say that because I'm like, look. You got to stick this out and see if you can get a job in the National Football League as a head coach. I understand Pete Carroll was a Patriots head coach, went back to college, then went back to the pros. Look at what Nick Saban has done. To- I totally understand that. But if you're Eric Bieniemy, no. You can't be out of like back to back Super Bowls, winning one, having one of the best offenses we've ever seen. You're the play call for that and not get a head coaching job. I think for me, you stick with it. The head coach for Atlanta, come on, this got blown out. Like, yeah against Philadelphia. Like, come on, what are you doing? So it's like, you never know who's 
Joe Judge. You said he was a darling, but how long does that stick around for? We'll have to see. So I hope, 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 Eric Bieniemy just stay one more year, and I hope this other person comes. If we're going to go, you know, the diversity route, mm-hmm. wasn't a big fan of him at Tennessee. Have kind of warmed up to him at Penn State. James Franklin. Yeah. Like James Franklin will walk in there. He's got the swag. He's got the personality. He's got the bravado. He can definitely sell recruits. He could sell SC. He could sell LA. With this new name, image, and likeness thing, mm-hmm. he can sell that. So, Eric Bieniemy, stay where you are. See how far you can go with the Chiefs. And then, look, if we're going to go for a big-name college coach, SC, really go for it. Matt you know, Matt Campbell at Iowa State? Yes. Ah, those Iowa coaches, I'm always kind of like, eh. You know, how well can they really do? But you I never mean, know. You never know. He's, I mean, I feel like... If you're talking about Matt Campbell, it's kind of hit his ceiling at Iowa State. You've won 10, 11 games at one point in time, 10, 11, 9. You've, that's probably as best as you're ever going to do there. But you were able to get recruits and able to win. I don't think that would be a bad hire. When it comes to Eric Bieniemy, I'll go back. One of the new coaches, David Culley, the head coach of the Texans. Yeah. How long has he been an assistant in the NFL? Facts. An extremely long time. Yes. And this is the first time he's even sniffed a head coaching job. And by the way, it's with one of the worst franchises in the NFL right that's now. True. That's based true. Based on how it was when Bill O'Brien left. Yeah. If you're Eric Bieniemy and you have been, whether it's a token interview or a real interview, only those owners know that. Yeah. But you have been turned down multiple times over the last three years when you've had head coaching interviews, and people thought this past offseason it was a given. So if you're him, do I, do I really have a legitimate chance of making it into the NFL? If I have a chance to get a marquee college football program like USC, quite honestly, if you said the Jacksonville Jaguars and the USC Trojans, I know Jacksonville is an NFL job, and that is a big deal, but just from a, from a large scope standpoint, I feel like if I can get USC going, I'd rather be the head coach there than be the head coach in Jacksonville. So you'd be the head coach at USC, build a program there, possibly build a dynasty, and then you have the pick of the litter coming for you. Absolutely. Instead of like staying where you are now and then kind of getting the scraps. Yeah, and it makes sense. He has ties out here. You know, uh, Maurice Drew and uh, Mercedes Lewis – and a bunch of guys that UCLA got, he was their recruiting coordinator. He stole those. Those guys are all recruited by Pete Carroll and USC when they were winning. He pushed all those guys away. He has ties to, to the city of LA when it comes to high school recruits. Mm. Uh, we obviously know that he knows how to coach, you know, and he would be a big-time voice that comes from the NFL, and he can tell the recruit, I work with Patrick Mahomes. I worked under Andy Reid. I got cachet under my name. Yeah. I think it would be a perfect match for him to get, a, to get an opportunity to be a head coach at USC in a place where he has actual ties. So I think, for me, I I would try to chase the NFL later because clearly at this point in time, I feel like they're just not ready. I know they talk about diversity and Rooney rules and all that. It's still not perfect. It's a work in progress. And if I'm him, I feel like he's just been a token interview these last couple of years, and I'll be fed up with it. And I'd rather just be take my chances going to USC. And if I could turn that program around, the NFL will be beating down your door, just like they did for Pete Carroll. Yeah. So if I were him... That, uh, that's what I would do. We'll have to see. I do like it when SC is playing well. Again, grew up a fan. Yeah. The days of Thunder and Lightning with Lindell White and Reggie Bush. And of course, Carson Palmer, Matt Liner, John David Booty, mm-hmm. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Like, yeah. All those guys. It was really, it was a really good thing for the city of Los Angeles yeah. for that to happen. Now we'll switch gears to the other side with Urban Meyer. Before we go to Urban, because okay. you brought up James Franklin for a second. Okay. I do like James Franklin from a personality standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint. He can handle the L.A. market. He has all of that form. You know, he's brought in Keegan, Michael Key, who impersonates him. So, yeah. he, can, he has fun. He can make fun of himself. I do not like him tactically as a coach. Okay. I have seen games at Penn State where, why are you calling a timeout there? 
Why are you running the ball when you should be? Things like that. So it's like you can do everything else, but if you can't actually coach, I kind of have a problem with that. <laughs> so I, I've had my issues with James Franklin just from a coaching standpoint at times on the field. Hey, everything else around it is great. but that, to, That's when you bring in the coordinators, though. Yeah, tactically. And you're right. And that's another thing, by the way, that's been USC's problems over the years. They pay all the money to the head coach. Like, my God, Clay Hilton was making $5 million a year. That contract Lance Swan gave him was stupid. It was one yeah. of the worst things they could have ever done. <laughs> but their assistants don't make anything. Right. And that's the, and any good coach will tell you, I'm only as good as my assistants, as yeah. good as my staff. And I think that's part of the reason, I know, that's part of the reason why Chris Peterson didn't come initially. This is before they hired Sark. They were going to hire Chris Peterson, or at least they interviewed him. A, they wouldn't give him free reign of the program, which is dumb. Imagine telling Nick Saban, you have to report to me. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, that's not how this works. And then they wouldn't let him hire his own assistants. And when he did, they had to be bottom-barrel cheap guys. Oh, You're not going to build a winning program doing that. And USC prints money. That's the part that I don't get. They're one of the richest institutions in the entire country. And notoriously, when they first signed Pete Carroll, who was like their fifth option, by the way, <laughs> he was super cheap. He happened to just, you know, grit, grind, find a way, had his own system, win forever, whatever, all his whole mantra, and found a way to win and cultivate it. But that's just lightning in a the bottle. They got lucky with that. Uh, you're, you're not going to get lucky that, again. No. So you better actually do your due diligence and find somebody who is a program builder and give them the power to actually run USC football. And I think it also says a lot with the Pac-12 because we talk about the biggest win of week two of the NCAA, if you want to call it that. It's Oregon over Ohio State. And you look at that head coach at Oregon, mm -hmm. is he going to leave? He's probably not going to go to SC. Mario he Cristobal, could. He, could. he played at Miami. Correct. Why not he go? Like, again, when you have big-time schools doing well, Miami, SC – it looked really bad when Jacksonville State beat Florida State on oh, yeah. probably one of the worst hell. It wasn't even a hell mary. It was it's it just was just, just deep pass. Right, like, that was really embarrassing. But when you have the bigger names in it, mm -hmm. it looks it looks better. You're but, looking bad in Florida State. Granted, they had to come back against Notre Dame and fell short, but they have fallen off very very quickly. Oh yeah, Mike Norville for being a national power. Yes, and, and this costs money too. Like those coaches Absolutely. cost money. Well, that's people are saying Jimbo saw the wording on the wall, and that's why he left when he did. He's, mm -hmm. He knew it was that. He's a, he knew it was in decline. He lost Jameis and I can't Blackman. I think his name was one of the other quarterbacks. He got knocked out the first game against Alabama. Oh, I remember that game. Uh, and he just knew that the program, from a financial standpoint, wasn't in the greatest place. He was like, "It's better if I just leave right now." And he got out. He got out. Went quick. to the SEC. Got the SEC money. It was smart. Well, no. Well, that's the thing about Urban. It's like, is Urban going to be smart enough to get out of Jacksonville? But I think he looks at it where he's like, "Look, I won at." Utah, I went at Florida, I went at Ohio State. This is my culmination. I don't care what anyone says. Jacksonville did give me free reign to do stuff. Correct. And he had a lot of bad coaching hires. We look at the what he did coach. with the strength coach from Iowa who had some racist remarks. He hires him. Then you look at signing Tim Tebow, mm -hmm. which was really unnecessary. And then they just lose to, you talk about the Texans, one of the worst franchises in the league. They lose them in week one. Right. Trevor Lawrence. For his first He's a start. You know, what do you yeah. expect? There's going to be ups and downs. Yeah. Exactly. So what are your thoughts on Urban Meyer coming out today and saying there's no chance he goes to USC? So do you remember uh, in front of the Miami Dolphins media, yep. uh, you know where I'm going with this? Yep. When yep. Nick Saban famously said, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to Alabama. And then eight weeks later when the season ends, he's standing in front of Alabama saying, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. So, I mean, and Bobby Petrino was like coach of the Falcons, Falcons for like yep. seven games. Yeah. He didn't even tell nobody. He just, he just he basically just signed his resignation, left it on the owner's desk, and just bounced. And Went signed back to Arkansas. Arkansas, Arkansas, Arkansas like, yeah. first. Then he started having sex with like a coach. That's when I said motorcycle accident. Motorcycle accident. Yeah, yeah. And then Louisville basically signed him back again. Um, 
So there's precedent for this. I'm not, I do believe Urban Meyer to a degree because, to your point, he's proven it at the college level multiple times over, and this is kind of the frontier he had never crossed. You know, Nick Saban was a successful defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's, he's, he at least had measures of success at the highest level. Urban Meyer was never even an assistant and no experience whatsoever in the NFL. So for him, it, I guess it's easy to say after one game, oh, he made a mistake. Give him a little bit more time. You know, I think he's going to stick it out for at least even Nick Saban had two years. He had two full years in Miami before he That's left. True. And Nick and, Saban will always fall under the, I could have got Drew Brees. Instead, you got me. Oh, he's been living on that Dante for a while. Dante Culpepper. Which like, is BS, by the yes. way. Because, again, he was given full power when he took over in Miami. So he could have said, screw what the doctors say. I like him. I saw him work out. I want Drew Brees. He's saying all that now just to try to make himself look better. But Urban Meyer, his, not, his thing is he can win. They can go 1-15 this year. Three and th- or I guess one and sixteen, <laughs> three and fourteen. That's going to take some getting used to. You know, one win this year, three years next year, four after that, and, and then leave and go. He can have any college job he wants. Yeah, exactly. Any day, he knows that. And no matter how bad things are for him in Jacksonville, he can walk out the door and have a power five job in a in a second. And he knows that. So why leave now? Unless USC is just a job that you're just really jonesing for. You know. Why not, if, if James Franklin leaves, you can go to Penn State. If he leaves in two years or something like that. Yeah. You know, if Nick Saban retires, you can go to Alabama. Who knows? He has he has options. If Coach O gets fired this year or next year, which people think might happen at LSU, he can go there. Yeah. And and but I think the thing with Jacksonville is you have a team from scratch. Trevor Lawrence played like a rookie. But then you're also looking at his second pick overall was Travis Etienne. Right. Trevor Lawrence is... And he's out for the year, like Torrey ACL. Can't control that. Can't control that, which I'm sure he knows. But it's also like, it's not like the depth you have at Ohio State. Correct. You can't just recruit guys and have, you know. (laughs) Sub him, sub him, sub him. Yeah, just have All-American in for All-American for All-American behind him. Exactly. But I think if you're Urban Meyer, it's like, this is something, as you said, this is something that a lot of people work so hard to get to. There's only 32 spots available. How can I maintain this position and do as much as I can while I'm here? Mm -hmm. So when he says there's no chance... I believe there's no chance for him now. Correct. No chance for him now. Yes. Now, three to four years? Sure. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And then also just to end this topic, going back to Eric Bieniemy. remember Freddie Kitchens? I do. Remember how Freddie Kitchens just coached the Browns but had no like real experience? He was like a tight ends coach or something. That's what I'm saying. Joe Judge, wasn't he like a... He was like a receiver's coach, I think. Come on, see, yeah. Eric Bieniemy. no. You stick with it for one more year, one more offseason, and we'll see how far you can go. Oh, granted, even David Culley. Granted, he's been in a league much longer than those guys have been. Facts. I don't think he had ever been a coordinator either before no. the Texans hired him. So Eric B. M. just stick stick with it, man. Just stay with it, and you'll be okay. Come home, come uh, to L. A. Hey, Bishop Amat, let's go. Hey, if he comes back, let me get some tickets. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I do want to get to a happy story though. This story comes out of Pacific Northwest Trailblazer C. J. McCollum just bought 318 acres in Oregon. It's, it's he and his wife, I should say. Uh, at least he and his wife. So McCollum has Heritage 91, the same of his wine brand. Right. So I love how NBA players are now expanding. Yeah. I especially love how you're looking at, it's not just like the Hennessy's of the world, the Ciroc's <laughs> right. of the world. Yeah. It's like you're going in there and you're starting your own label and your own company and then you're expanding on it. 
So yeah. I love how CJ is doing this. Entrepreneurship, yes. Uh, but 318 acres? That's ridiculous. How many mules come with that? That's what I want <laughs> No, that's great. And now Charles Woodson has his own wine as it expanded his business over the last seven or eight years. This is good. Like I said, it's not like the trashy Hennessy or it's Ciroc. Not that it's trashy, but you know, that's exactly. what rappers and athletes usually go for. It's kind of stepping up your game a little bit, you know, coming to a different level, more sophisticated with the pinky in the air sort of stuff. And I also I mean? think it's cool because you look at how many other people, let's just be honest, like some people will jump on bandwagons. Mm-hmm. So you look at, you know, oh my God, Diddy did some rock. And it's like, boom, now every rapper has to have vodka. Exactly. But then you look at someone like George Clooney who did Casa Amigos. Correct. And it wasn't even just rappers. It was like every celebrity was like, we got to do tequila. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan partners with Jeannie Buss, mm-hmm. they do tequila. Right. Then uh, Kendall Jenner right. does 818 tequila. Like, okay, we got to do tequila. So the fact that you do have CJ McCollum who's like, hey, I kind of like wine. Mm-hmm. I, I I know, speaking for me, I wasn't a big wine person in my early 20s. But now that I've hit my early 30s, uh-huh. I okay. do like a nice cab on a long day. Nice okay. relaxing nice. day. So I like how CJ is doing that because it shows entrepreneurship, but it also shows ownership. Correct. You own that 318 acres of land. And what I'm thinking is you own that much money. And I can't speak. I don't think you have. I know I haven't. I've never been to Oregon. No, I have not. If, if he opens up a B and B, you know, nice little bed and breakfast. That could be a great way Absolutely. to spend the weekend. Yeah. Or even if you like tours, just wine tours. Right. That'd be a great Which way I've to attract people. I've never done, and I would love to do. By the way, I mean, well, we could do it right now. Bedmo, <laughs> I think, is a five cent wine. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it, not is, the, it is Wednesday. It's technically a wine tour, not the kind I was thinking about. But sure, yeah, we can work. We can work. Hey, we can go from the living room yeah. to the dining room. <laughs> we can go outside. Technically, okay, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I got the vaccine. You got the vaccine. Yeah, we can go, go outside. <laughs> but no, I love what CJ is doing. It's really cool. This is great, and I really, really hope more NBA players take notice of this. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be alcohol. No. Like 50 Cent is always the, well, 50 got vitamin yeah, water. Vitamin water right. Find out how much you can do and really invest in it and see what people like. Because right. if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's like now is the time for new ventures. Definitely. As we live in this post-pandemic, hopefully post-COVID world right. where there's more business and there's going to be more people looking for more products. Well, and I think that's going to be more and more now that these athletes know that they're brands. You know, whereas, you know, I'm just an athlete. Let me do some Nike here and some Gatorade there. And it's like, no, I got my social media... LaMelo Ball has like 2 million followers. He had like 2 million followers before he was even drafted into the NBA. Yep. God knows what he's, you know, poaching right now it's from an from endorsement standpoint. He can create his own thing, and he's only 20 or 19, whatever he is at this point. Yeah. Think the times are so much different now than they were back then. You have so many more avenues that you can use with social media to hawk your own products without even having to have another company behind you. And I think it's so interesting you say that because a couple episodes ago we had Josiah Johnson on. Yeah. And he said the same thing when I asked him about how do you feel about athletes, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, moving into production. And he's like, oh, it's easy for them to get into the film game because they already have that built-in following. Absolutely. So why would they not do the same thing when it comes to alcohol, mm-hmm. not just sneakers, alcohol, food products, anything. workout products, anything. And then to, to also go into a different section, ladies, mm-hmm. perfect opportunity too. Like I love what Renee Montgomery is doing. Uh-huh. She came out of UConn. She was one of the best players. Mm-hmm. She gets into Atlanta. She buys into the dream. Mm-hmm. She also becomes part of LeBron's camp. She's gotten to uh, the same uh, media company as John Skipper and Dan Levitar. Oh, uh, DAZN? Okay, I didn't Not know Not DAZN. That. Uh, Mark Lowe Media. Mark Media. Uh, the, it's the new... Uh, it's like Marco Media. Marco Media. I'm not no, fully. I'm not fully. I'm mispronouncing that, it badly. Up on that one. Uh, if Dan Levitard is listening to this, I'm so sorry. It's it's not <laughs> called that. 
Markland Media. It's, sorry, Dan. Yeah, sorry about that. It's something like that. But I like. But even look at like I know you know Osaka's is doing a lot of stuff yep. these days. You know, and it's I guess it's easier for her as an individual athlete to a certain degree, and she's international. Um, but yeah, even these like Paige Bukers. I mean, as a college as a college athlete with NIL. She's going to end up in the next four years when she's eligible. And I don't know if that rule is going to get changed or not. With it's women. not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can make boatloads of money. She's already a superstar as a freshman in college. You yeah. know, the, 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 it's endless at this point in time. That's that's so true. And to pronounce it right, it's Meadowlark. Meadowlark. Oh, like Meadowlark Lemon. Okay. Yeah, Meadowlark. Like, like so, a former uh, Globetrotter. That's on me. Former boss of me, John Skipper. I apologize. It's all right. He can't fire you now, so it's all right. That's very true. However, the one thing I can't pronounce... It's Taco Bell. Okay. And there's this story that Taco Bell is offering a monthly taco pass. That's right. Where you can actually purchase for eight bucks a month. It's between $5 and $10 a month, depending on where you are. Now, this is only currently on a trial basis in a couple of counties in Arizona. But basically, you pay between $5 and $10 a month. You get one free taco every day. Okay. So, I just want to make sure I have this correctly. Yes. So. Is in 20 participating restaurants across Tucson, Arizona. Customers pay between $5 and $10 per month for a Tacos Lovers Pass, which gives subscribers one day, one taco a day for 30 days. One taco a day for 30 days. Cool. The app-based program is currently active until November 24th. I mean, I'm not a big Taco Bell person. I, I ride for Del Taco and then... I'm the same, but... A taco a day? Yeah. You get you a nice a Doritos Locos taco? I mean, and uh, now if it actually works and gets people coming in... It's smart. It's like it's like the promotion, like you know, the Lakers when they would score hundred points or hold a team under. We 100. want tacos because you know you're not just rolling up the Taco Bell and getting two tacos. Let me give me that chicken sandwich. Let me give me a giant whatever. So they want to get you to keep coming back because they know you'll buy other things. I just read that where it said according to Yum, who owns Taco yeah, Bell and like a trillion other fast food places, yeah, KFC, all right. that stuff. If you are a user. They noticed that 35% of their loyalty users will always come back. Absolutely. Which makes sense. They want to build habits. Yeah, that makes sense. My biggest thing is, one, since we live here in L.A., Southern California, there's thousands of authentic Mexican spots to go to. Yes. That's where I like to go to. Correct. And then, two, again, I like Del Taco. But now you're making me hungry for some Jack in the Box tacos. (laughs) The thing I'll say, too, Jack in the Box is like this, too, and there's there's one not too far from here. But Taco Bell, a lot of them are stay open late. So like your you know other spots that you like to go to they close at nine ten o'clock at night. That's true. If you're having a late night or whatever, or you're coming home or you're hungry, you want to order some DoorDash or something, and nobody else is open, that taco pass and get just like oh I order this 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 the burrito whatever, I get my free taco too. Why not? Ah, uh, me having a late night, I can't. Find no, that. y'all never. I can't. Say Absolutely it. not. This I guy's in bed by seven. I, I, about I don't it. do that a lot. No. I just kind of chill and just do my own thing. Uh-huh, you know. Right. Uh, before we get out of here though, I do want to do. My Marble Minute. Oh, yeah. Let's go. I need a favor from you. I need you to put one minute on the clock. 60 seconds. 60 seconds, because I want to get to this. So just let me know when to go. All right. Ready? Yes. Go. All right. It is time for your Marble Minute. The last time I talked to you guys, I was so anticipated, so excited to see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm. I was able to go see it. I actually went to a theater. Look at that. Okay. Bought two tickets, one for me and one for the seat next to me, because I didn't want anyone to sit next to me. (laughs) And guess what happened? Someone else sat next to me on the other side, because it was bound to happen. But anywho, back to it. Shang-Chi, great story. Great original piece. Uh, Aquafina did a great job. It was great storytelling, great villain. Also, have to ask yourself, what does this mean now? Where does he fit in? Because you already had Wong coming for Doctor Strange. Correct. So now, where does Shang-Chi fit in? Is he an Avenger? 
Is he part of Armor Wars? Is he part of Secret Invasion? What happens to Shang-Chi? Mm -hmm. But when you watch it, they do a great job of making it not too stereotypical Chinese while also not like bashing the culture that they had. That's great. They have it in San Francisco. They had it as someone who, quote unquote, we'll just go with Fob, fresh off the boat. Mm -hmm. But it was fantastic how they were able to tell the story. Time's up. Ah, oh, dang it. Hawkeye. That serious trailer dropped for Disney Plus. I'm gonna get to you next time. <laughs> I probably won't because you're my least favorite character. No disrespect, Jeremy Renner, even though. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So salary review of Shang Chi. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. I definitely want to see it. So the yeah. big thing with me with Marvel is they have so much going on now, where it's like WandaVision was mm -hmm. just nominated for an Emmy because that during the pandemic that was great. Right. And I think during the pandemic you had so many things where it's like Falcon Winter Soldier. WandaVision, all this stuff was supposed to go in order. Black Widow, right. all this stuff was supposed to be released at a certain point in the same order. And then that just got Everything. completely out of whack. Right. So now the question becomes, what do you do with the TV series and with the movies? Right. And they're just going to keep taking my money. Because when I went, I was able to see it for super cheap, but there was a lot of people there. So it was pretty much a packed theater. Packed yeah. pack okay. theater. And the one thing I will say is this. Everyone kept their mask on for the most part. Okay. That was my biggest fear since it was dark. And I like to sit at the very top. I'm at the I'm very at, top. I'm the same. I'm always in the back. In the middle. I got to see everything in front of me. Got to see everything. And I looked and everyone was wearing a mask. But <laughs> there's actually one thing that did happen in the movie that I thought was pretty crazy. Uh, when you go into a movie theater, we kind of all forget to like put our phone on silent and stuff like this. Yeah, that does happen. Even so, despite the little PSA they put on the screen before the movie starts. Oh, yeah. They do Turn all that. Off. It's like airplane. Put your phone in airplane mode. People don't do that. For what? Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. So the guy sitting next to me, since I bought my two sit like two tickets, yeah. the guy sitting next to me, his phone just starts going off. I'm like, this dude, phone going off at a crucial part in the movie. And then next thing you know, everyone's phone starts going off. No. It was actually an Amber Alert. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't turn that off. So it was right. either like they were either dinging, going crazy, or everyone's phone was just vibrating. So it was just a really funny. I was like, okay, so we back in the theater. Yeah, right. Okay, so we back. We um, in here. Popcorn was good. Had my uh, my icy, had my peanut M and M's. It was very, very. It was a good feeling to be. Yeah, it's like a return to normalcy to a degree. I know you're someone who goes to the movies all the time. I did constantly. Oh, gosh. You know, that's so. it. Hurt me because you know when you go to a movie and they'll show you uh, they'll show you releases that are kind of like the title you're gonna go see. Yeah. Oh, not this movie. Oh, really? They were just showing you anything. Like, <laughs> hey, please come here. Like, what do you want? You want this? You want this? Here's Cars Four. Yeah. Preview, yeah. You know. <laughs> Followed by a romantic comedy. Oh, that's exactly how it was. So, Followed by Hellraiser Nine. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, it was Venom, which makes sense. Sure. You know, yep. Comic yep. book movie. Yep. It was Eternals, which is the next Marvel MCU right. movie to come out. But then it was like Dear Evan Hansen, like the sad <laughs> yeah. movie. Right. And then it was West Side Story with the the new Steven Spielberg. Where I was like, oh, oh. Then it was James Bond. So I was like, uh -huh. oh, you guys are just trying to get anyone to come back to the theater at any point. All over the place. So I will say this because you did bring up. I I used to love going to movies. Yeah. Loved it, and the fact that we have the experience now of watching HBO Max <laughs> or paying for stuff on Disney Plus as my dog Frank does not like that. Clearly. <laughs> the way I looked at it was I'll pay $9.95 a month for my AMC Plus. Mm -hmm. I get three movies a week that's 12 movies <laughs> a month for $10. This works out That's for me. phenomenal. Yeah. This is great. theater. Yes. So there's, it seems like they're getting closer and closer.
direction. Yes, so. which I hope.
went to, to the St. Louis Cardinals, game. and the St. Louis Cardinals in September just have magic going. They do. And I've I've seen it firsthand. I've been to that stadium when they were rally squirrel. I've seen it. I don't want it to happen again. All I know is it would be the most deflating thing if you had all these high hopes. First ever no pitcher in San Diego Padre history. No hitter. Tatis looks great. Like it would just be so deflating to that city of San Diego if they don't even make the playoffs. Yeah, that was at least you got to try to find a set, find a way to salvage something and make it into that wild card because then in one game we know anything could possibly happen. But as of right now, just looking at it from the outside, I don't see how that happens. I don't see him making it. I did see a rumor uh, yesterday that if things do go south and they get rid of Jace Tingler, uh, that Bruce Bochy could come back. Hey, I like Bruce. Yeah, I mean, that's Mr. San Diego. Bruce is it a guy be from fitting. my childhood. If he came back and actually found a way to win another World Series in San Diego, I mean, that's that'd be fitting. That's be how hilarious. it should be. I, I, I was always rooting for Dave Roberts. He lived in La Jolla. Right. He was the bench coach when yep. we had Bud Black. You get rid of him, you go younger with Andy Green. Then you go with someone a little bit you know, older with a little bit more experience with Jace Tingler. That doesn't work out. And also, to correct you, Mr. San Diego's Tony Gwynn. Don't forget that. Anywho... Uh, is either, well, Mr. Sandy is either Tony Gwynn or Junior Seau, depends on okay. who you ask. Sure. But uh, for those of you who have been watching us on I mean, YouTube. He did manage there for like 30 years in a, in a row. He did. He did. But, and he coached you know, Tony. You, yes. know, you know, play with Tony, coach Tony. Yes. For those of you who have been watching us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I don't think we have a Snapchat, but whatever. No, we'll get there. <laughs> You'll notice in our last couple of recordings, we've had these fresh bourbon bottles in front of us. That's right. That's because, uh, one, we like their product, and two, we hope they notice and send us more free products. Exactly. Uh, but if you don't know the story, fresh bourbon is the first bourbon made by African Americans, recognized by the state of Kentucky, who were not slaves. So we support this brand. Uh, we love it. It tastes very, very good. You can order some online at freshbourbon.com. And if you live somewhere near the state of Kentucky, you can actually pick some up in certain parts of the state. So make sure you guys check them out. And fresh bourbon, if you're listening, Send us free stuff. Exactly. <laughs> uh, figs, that's it. Uh, make sure you guys check us out on YouTube, the Arrows Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. We're trying to get that verified, that check. We need 100,000 subscribers. We're currently at 10. So we're working help. on it. It's all right. Yeah, Should please help us out. And then on YouTube, uh, make sure you subscribe there. And then on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at the Arrows Podcast. That's T-H-E-E-R-O-S Podcast. Figs, where can they find you? Uh, at KFig1 is where you can find me on Twitter, and just at KFig is where you can find me on Instagram. I'm still fighting for that AK, at KFig on Twitter, but I'm working on it. <laughs> you can find me at Chillin' with Kurt on Instagram and Twitter. I try to go Chillin' with Curtis because it yeah. just sounds better. Okay. But Twitter has a limit. Oh, Character limit, so I, I couldn't do that. I know that a character limit on your actual name, too. Isn't that, isn't yeah. that bull? Wow. But you can find me at Chillin' with Kurt on both Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you guys share. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Google Podcasts. We are on everything. We're going to be on Twitch soon. we got to yep. figure that out. We'll get there. A little old. <laughs> but okay. we, we go figure that out. But well, thank you guys for listening. We'll get our Gen Z intern on it. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. They, get, they don't get paid nothing. No. Uh, but make sure you guys uh, get that vaccine before we get started with anything, before we reopen anything. Make sure you get that vaccine.